The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Hey there, true believers. On this episode of Splash Pages, we discuss the 2014 series, Loki, Agent of Asgard, with special guest, the awesome Mitch Halleck of Terrific Con. We discuss the series along with how it might play in the upcoming Loki show, along with a sneak peek in what may be in store at Terrific Con. That, and a lot more awesomeness following these important messages. I can't get over this. So the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing. Excelsior! Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Happy Tuesday, everybody. And you know what that, that time means? It is Splash Pages, the comic book club powered by the Dorkening Podcast Network. We have an awesome show scheduled for you today. And as always, Rich, the Velvet Joker. How's it going, my friend? Great, great. Excited for our guest tonight. An old, old friend. Oh, yeah. Such an awesome guest. And uh, Drew, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> can, can, keep doing your thing, Leo. Uh, okay, so uh, Rich, since this is your guest that you brought on, would you care to introduce him? All right. Well, uh, we all know there's a huge con in Connecticut called Terrificon, and we've got the head honcho, Big Fedora Marketing, Mitch Halleck! Hey, Here kids! You. How are you? <laughs> Looking kind of crazy on the screen here, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. That was great. <laughs> yeah, it was. Hi, Mitchie. How are you? I'm good, Richie. Great, great to hear. Tell us, tell us that we've got Terrificon after a year off of COVID. Yeah. We've got the big Terrificon, the biggest con in all of Connecticut. Never heard of it. Tell me more about this con that is terrific you speak of. Oh, yes, Rich. I am back on the road doing the job that God intended me to do. I've been going to comic book shops, video game shops, people that just thought of a comic book. And I'm telling them that on July 30th to August 1st, 2021, they need to be at Mohegan Sun for three days of Comic-Con fun. Because Terrificon is back, baby. Woo! 
So awesome. So great to see see you back too. And, uh, you know, we absolutely love your con and uh, it really Mm -hmm. stands out from, you know, a lot of the other cons, they say, you know, let's get all these huge celebrities and everything, but they forget what it really means to be a comic con. And Mm -hmm. that's what I love about you. You have the celebrities, but you also focus big on the comics. Which yeah, is, no, no. And even the celebrities have to have some connection to comics or animation or something like that. Because, you know, I might be 54, even though I don't think last year's birthday counts because of the blip no. of COVID. I think I'm still 53. Actually, I think I'm about seven. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. If it ain't comics, it ain't terrific. And if it ain't terrific. It ain't at my con. Okay. Go to one of those other, whatever they call themselves. A terrific yeah. con. It's for the people that enjoy this stuff, the people that enjoy comic books, that enjoy cartoons, that enjoy science fiction, superhero movies. This con is for you. Okay. That's what keeps me going. That's what wakes me up. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink deadly grounds, but if I drank a coffee, that was a comic con. It would be terrific. Con. (laughs) So, so, Tell yeah. us, uh, uh, what are, I, I keep on seeing the announcements, but uh, who yeah. are, I know you can't say who you're most excited no, for. No, I can but... say whatever, because this weekend I've had enough because everyone keeps saying who's coming to the show and yours truly does the website. Yours truly makes all the graphic little announcements and stuff because being an art director, Leo, you know, the pressures were under. So I finally went nuts, stayed up all weekend and made every single guest that I could think of. And I'm putting them all up this weekend, Memorial day weekend, tune into terrificon.com, even though I don't even announce them on social media. Boom. Everybody's going to be there. Awesome. Drops the mic. Yeah, I even have the guests calling me up. They're like, hey, man, how come you didn't announce me yet? I go, hey, man, there's two months to go. What am I going to talk about for two months? The weather? How to cut my lawn? Come on, man. They want to rush you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know. I know. I know. Take it easy. It's me. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, I I haven't seen that rephrase since, you know, the missus said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's Mitch Alec. (laughs) And then she told me to go cut the lawn. And that was it. Nice, nice. Kisses and hugs Sharon. Kissing and hugs the Sharon. I know. She's upstairs now. She just came down a minute ago. So what the hell are you doing now? I said, work. work." Queen of Terrificon. The queen. That's right. The (laughs) the queen of the nerds. So so you mentioned you do all the work, all the the website, the graphic. And, uh, you know, we know you have a a huge background in art. What's the most difficult part of, of running a con? Uh, being the nut travel agent as well. I actually mm-hmm. book all the flights. Oh, wow. Oh, see, most conventions of this size, and I say this size because this isn't like, you know, 30 guys at a, a you know, a VFW hall. Right. This is a show that gets like 30,000 people. Mm-hmm. And most shows have a staff. They have a street team. They have people that go and do all this stuff. But Rich knows I'm like a one man. I'm like OMAC, one man army corps. He I is. I do everything because i'm obsessive i'm a micromanager i'm like a control freak so yeah i mean the part i don't like is i'm not patient when it comes to book and travel but i have to do it so i'll call you know jane smith and say hey what flight do you want to take from los angeles to hartford well i want to take a direct flight well there's only one direct flight from los angeles to hartford connecticut and that's a jet blue flight that leaves at 9 45 la time and arrives here at 6 30 a.m our time so mm-hmm. it's a red eye and they're like oh god is there anything else i'm like no that just drives me nuts because here's another thing well can you just drive me to, from boston to new york how far is that to the mohegan sun on a map 
it looks like it's only about you know that much. Oh, yeah. But on I-95 or 91, and Rich could tell you this, and anybody who lives here, you could be on that highway for two hours or 50 hours. You don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen on the Connecticut highways around here. Oh, so I have true. to try to convince them, like, trust me, I live here for all my life. You don't want to land in New York and think you're going to get to the Mohegan Sun in two hours because you want to talk about a gamble. That's the biggest gamble. So that's the worst part of my job. I hate booking the travel. But other than mm-hmm. that... It's fun. It yeah. really is. So Now, Mitch, I know the story, but, yes. no, but a lot of people out there do not. How did this all get started? How did Terrificon originate? How, where did it come from? Where did it come from? Years ago, God bestowed on me his power. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, well, one, like Leo said, I went to school for art and design, and then I got into marketing, and then I got into creative directing. And I've worked at a company that actually my first job was where Leo worked at one point. I was five years. I was the art director at USI Incorporated. And I started learning how to do trade shows there from the owner, Peter Anderson, George Genicopoulos. They sent me every month around the country to a new city, New Orleans, San Francisco, Los Angeles. Every month I was doing conventions and I learned mm-hmm. the ins and outs of this stuff. So mm-hmm. you marry that with graphic design, public relations, event building, event promotion, marketing, and yours truly learns how to do everything soup to nuts. And I was hired in 2010 to be the public relations person for a small show that started up here in Connecticut. And then in 2012, I took my hand at actually saying, you know what, I could organize and I could produce these things too. So I started doing comic conventions right here. And you were there at the Trumbull Marriott, which is about four miles from where I live right now. We did a one day show in August. Hopefully people show up, you know, you make your money Mm -hmm. back because it cost $8,000 to rent the place out for the weekend. Right. And we had 3,500 people show up for a place that was designed for a thousand people. It's like a wedding reception area, Mm -hmm. you know? And that just went crazy. And then next year, you know, sophomore slump, let's see if we could do it again. 5,500 people show up along with the police and the Trumbull fire marshal who said, congratulations on your success. By the way, you can never come back here again. So that was fun. And then I had nowhere to go. And then I looked around and I started doing a bigger show at the Bridgeport Harbor Yard Arena, three days full of fun and we got 13,000 people there and the line went around the building and down the street and then I went to Mohegan Sun in 2015 mm-hmm. and Terrificon was born you were there and was. Funny, and the name is so simple because the word terrific ends with a C and I'm sitting there trying to think of a name it was going to be called Connecticut's Coolest Con at one point and there's even a picture of me with Haley Atwell uh, Peggy Carter from Captain America mm-hmm. up at the Boston Comic Con and I have a shirt on and it's got Captain Terrificon on it but at that time it was called captain cool con and she's pointing to it and she's doing a thumbs up and and i said oh look at that and it says connecticut's coolest con and i was like yeah that doesn't sound right you know so i sat there and i go oh it's terrific wait a minute let's put the on so it's terrific con was born and that year 2015 all the t-shirts were made and Mm -hmm. the signs went up and here we are what is that six years later doing this the sixth show or the seventh show depending on your pandemic counting Right. Uh, and that's it. And that's it. And you know, 20, 30,000 people show up now. So it's, it's, been, fun. it's been a fun yeah. ride. And now you did, a, um, you, you also spin off because that wasn't enough for you. No. It wasn't enough doing all that. No. And started a video game convention as well. Yeah. Because I had all these extra rooms upstairs and you know, me being cheap as could be, I'm not paying for empty rooms. So I said, what could we do? And I have two boys 
and they said, oh, dad, everybody loves video games. I'm like, you mean like Pac-Man and Space Invaders? Or like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so we got Super Smash Brothers and Mario Kart and all that jazz. And then I started noticing that the line to the video game room was longer than the line for some of the actors and the artists downstairs. And I'm like, what is this all about? And I went upstairs and sure enough, people were doing Guitar Hero and everything. I'm like, why don't we do convention about video games? Genius. In 2017. So that started CT GamerCon, and that's going on to its fourth show this September because it had to be stopped and started a couple times because of the pandemic. And then I'm going to let you in on a secret. If there was no COVID last year, and we all wish there wasn't, mm-hmm. Uncle Mitchie was going to do a third show really? in the fall that was in the planning stages. Oh, wow. Well, and you and I had talked behind the scenes about a possible monster con. Was that it? It was going to be a horror monster con. So. Dude. It would have been video games, comic books, and then horror in the fall. So we'll see what's going to happen now because we to move things around. That that would be awesome because we lost the the huge con in Worcester. Um, yeah, Rock and Shop, yeah. which I was I've gone to that show for years. I think it was like what 13, 14 years that thing ran. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it just ended. I was like, well, what happened with that? So I don't know. So anyway, yeah. So I got to get back to work on doing another show, and I even might do a fourth show because I'm crazy. But let's see how it all. <laughs> balances out uh well facebook user is asking will there be a con this year yes uh july yes, july 30th august 1st where's my flyers where is it they're here somewhere the, the, the man's of robert rodriguez of putting together cons one man yeah, show yeah. terrific con See? one man gang yep one man band that's right yes there's going to be a show you can buy your tickets right now ticketmaster.com or go to your favorite comic book shop like BoomTube, Cave Comics, or Richie's Comic Cabana in uh, Waterbury, Connecticut. Awesome. Do you got them at Sarge's as well? More. I'm sorry, what? Do you have them at Sarge's as well? I, You know what? I was at Sarge's, and I was talking to the owner, Joe Massimino, and I didn't have any on me, so I got to go back to Sarge's. So I'll probably do that in a week or so and uh, drop them off some tickets there. Sounds Save nice. money. Don't pay those Ticketmaster. I, I don't make money off of Ticketmaster. People get mad. I go, look, that ain't me. That, that's right. going to them. So I don't want to. <laughs> That's money you could buy an action figure with or a comic book. Oh, I get it, yeah. kid. You know? Boom. Exactly. Now, Drew, do you have any uh, questions? You don't have the personal connection to Mitch that we do, but you have been to the con. Yeah, I. it's funny because I think I've been there since 2015. Yeah. And I've seen Mitch running around. He's got the hat on, yeah. you know, running around. Yeah. And I was like, that man is on a mission to make everybody here happy. And by God, he's doing a great job. Um, and I've met so many great comic book greats at Terrificon. Um, I met so many wonderful actors. Uh, I had one of my favorite flabbergasted moments at Terrificon when I, I ran into the actress who plays Nisa Ghoul. I think it's Karina. Oh, Katrina Law. Yeah, Katrina Law. yeah. I she spoke to me once, and I've never been more flabbergasted. I was like, "How about a but a whoa, dope, but you are gorgeous." Holy oh, crap. she is. Oh, Katrina Law. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. She's, uh, she's on a new show now with CSI something. I can't. Yeah. No, um, she's fantastic. Honestly, she's one of my favorite guests we ever had. Loves the fans. It gets into it. I mean, she was dancing with the giant Hulkbuster. We got video of that. Like thousands oh, of people watched it. She's and, amazing. Yeah, and it's and again for me, um, I also completely agree with what Leo was saying and 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 what uh, Rich. You know, it. I I love that it feels like an old Comic Con. Exactly. Yeah, you know, what it was about comics, where it wasn't just everything overblown and saturated yeah, to the point yeah. of just exhaustion it's just it's small mm. it's intimate you can have a conversation with a creator yeah and and you, you you really get to talk to them i mean don't get me wrong if there's a line obviously oh, yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know common sense 
But some of the best conversations I've had were with people I never thought I'd actually get to meet. I mean, I remember one time I met Dan Slott and I had yeah. like this huge stack of books and he blew through every one of them. Oh, yeah. And I was dressed as uh, Kevin Smith's onomatopoeia. And yeah. so I'm just walking around and he keeps every time I saw him, he's like, did you see Kevin? Because, you know, and I'm like, that I know. Year, no, that was the year Kevin Smith was there. I had Kevin Smith on Saturday mm-hmm. night. So maybe he thought. Yeah, him. yeah exactly. And it, it was, again, it's been, I've never had a complaint. I've never been like, there have been some cons I went to where the first year was great. And then it's kind of like summer camp. The second year. Yeah, I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Trivicon has always been awesome. And uh, me and a few of my friends, we always like going. And, you know, it also helps it's it's in Mohegan Sun. Yeah. Although I'm glad that at the con, the, the cigarette smoke doesn't. You know what? You don't have room. to worry about that because one of the benefits, if there is for COVID, is they stop smoking in the casino. Oh, nice. There you go. <laughs> because you can't smoke if you had a mask on. So we just went up there uh, two weeks ago, Friday, to mm-hmm. check it all out because I haven't been there in a while either. Right. And I walked out and I go, hey, man, something's different. Oh, yeah, there's no smoke. There was there's never any smoking in the expo center. So that's mm-hmm. never been a concern. But if you went walking towards some of the gaming areas, there were certain right. areas that smoked. So you got that smoke smell. But that that's gone there right now. So. Yeah. And it, cool. it was it was it was always so funny. Like I, I've told um uh Rich and Leo this, but it was always so funny because I remember one time me and my my, my girlfriend were walking by and we just see Jerry Ordway. Yeah, like, again, I know who Jerry Ordway is because oh, I've yeah. met him a bunch of times and he's he's a great, really personable person. And this family just asked him to take a photo. Yeah. And he just takes the photo and they're like, okay, thank you. And just keeps walking. And and I like my nerd brain is like, but that's Jerry Ordway. Do you guys get it? Do you know the things he's done? Have you read his work? Have you seen it? Like you should be shaking his hand. Like it was the same way. Guys, you know, my story about when I saw Jim Starlin eating breakfast and you know, someone asked who he was, and he was like, "Oh, I created Thanos." And someone's like, "Oh, they did oh. the face like, oh, that's cute." And then some part of it was like, "That person has no idea who the hell they're." Talking yeah, about. no, they don't know who it is. You know, and it's just it's so funny when the, I guess if you want to call it the rubes. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. They don't know, but it's the like normal being, like, people, the normal, yeah, yeah. But no, the common people, yeah. I, I was going to say that I like it the fact because we don't know who's going to drop in. I'm going to let you in some behind the scenes secrets of Terrificon. Sweet. The first year it was 2015 and it didn't work out, but Alice Cooper was in the building because he was opening for, oh, uh, what's, what was Tommy Lee's band's name? What, uh, uh, Tommy uh, Lee. Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Motley, Motley Crue. Yeah. He was opening for Motley Crue. They were playing there Sunday night and Alice Cooper's mm-hmm. a humongous comic book fan and he's even oh, a sure. comic and he's a big mm-hmm. Neil Adams fan too. So he was there because he also likes golf. So he right. came early for the show, but he went to go play golf. And then he came back and he said, hey, wh- where are all those people going? Because we had like 20,000 people. And he's like, oh, this comic book show? Oh, I, can I come down? We're like, can you? Sure. So we, he had called that morning and they said, hey, you know, keep it under your hats. Alice Cooper's coming. He's going to set up in the back, but it's mm-hmm. going to be a surprise for fans. So we got it. And then, but somebody let the word out and it got on social media and it of blew course. up and then it became a big deal because people started like, oh, here's an Alice Cooper comic book. I'm going to charge you like $90 now because I heard he's coming. So he he doesn't like he likes his fans. He doesn't like when people take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. So it got out and his manager called and said Alice was, you know, he doesn't like people price gouging or whatever. So because of that, he said, well, how many people are lined up waiting, waiting for me? And we said, oh, there's like 60 people waiting in line to meet Alice Cooper. And he's like, you know, I don't want to go down now because you know it is what it is. Yeah. He got mm-hmm. picked up, so, but he counted up how many people were there. 
And then he got eight by 10 color photos and he wrote, you know, best wishes, Alice Cooper to each one of them. And he Aww. handed them out to each one of the people that were waiting to see Aww. him for free. Mm-hmm. And that just happened. And then the other thing is uh, Tommy Lee is a big, tall dude. So there was somebody walking through the show wearing a mask, like a, ba- mm-hmm. a Bane, you know, from Batman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what's up with that guy? Why is he, he seems to have like a bodyguard. I thought it was a cosplayer. No, it was Tommy Lee walking through the show because he just liked comics and stuff, but no one knew who he no one knew he was there. I did because right. I asked the security guys what was up and mm-hmm. they told me he was there. And uh, you know, Brian Posehn, he was at our yeah. show a couple years ago. Great. He shows up and he's doing a comedy show at the tree, not the tree house. Um, oh, I can't think of the place. You know, it's the comedy club that's yeah. over there. But anyway, <laughs> comics, C-O-M-I-X. Right. And he's there buying uh Legos and toys for his kids. Before mm-hmm. he was going to do a signing because he was doing Deadpool comics at the time. So it's yes, funny watching people to shop in there, you know? And it's like, it's it's just very surreal. It's like you're at the Star Wars bar, you know what I mean? It's like, you don't know who's going to come walking through the door. You know, Han and Chewie could come walking in for all you know. Absolutely. And and, yeah. and just like one of the users said, like, that's how I met Brian. And that's what I love is yeah. like, yeah. you you see these guests, like uh, there's, there's some that I've seen at Comic-Con every year. You know, but then like you just get these people like, again, I, I never, me personally as a fan, I was like, I never thought I'd ever meet like uh, Brian Augustine. Yeah, and, and I yeah, was like, he was there. Yeah. Yeah. I spent like 10 minutes talking to him about uh, Gotham by Gaslight, the issue he did uh, for yep. Hellboy. And it's just, it was so great because I like personally speaking, and I'm sure guys, you can back me up on this. It's just nice to talk to them and and you see them as people. Yeah. It's very easy in comics to look at them and they're like, they're your heroes. They're these, yeah, yeah, yeah. these gods of, of literature and books. They mold the characters and do bold things and, and whatnot. Like they're, they're, you know, nerdy rock stars in yeah. some way. And when you get to talk to them and you, you say, I love your work, this thing really spoke to me, you know, all that things. You're like, again, then, then you see them eating pizza or going yeah. out yeah. to a bathroom break or smoking a yeah, cigarette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like They're just like you, dude. Like, oh, I know. I was uh, Ryan Azzarello was in the mm-hmm. uh, Tom's Urban Bar watching the uh, Chicago Cubs game or something. So he's and I know who he was because I run the show, but other people right. did. And he's just sitting there talking baseball with other dudes at the bar. And, right. and he's writing down the, the box scores and whatever like that. So I go up to him. I'm talking about and he's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm trying to watch. I got to watch this game. I, you know, he was like so into it. I'm like. This is so weird. There's Brian Azzarello and that Batman Damned book had just come out. It was like a big mm-hmm. deal, but he was just sitting there drinking a beer, watching the, the Cubs game, you know? I'm like, right. kind of weird. I, I was just going to say, you just had, uh, you just made me think of, it wasn't Chaz Palminteri, because we do get guests that you normally don't see at a comic book show because they find mm-hmm. out about it and they, they like the Mohegan Sun. So you next thing you know, they're right. like, here's Chaz Palminteri from Bronx Tale, you know? Yeah. Okay? And he just oh, yeah. In. Yeah, and um, oh, for goodness sakes, I couldn't think of uh, one of the people you just mentioned. Oh, uh, about people just walking up to you and talking like Dan Slott was there, and he loved the fact that we had built a custom um, Spider-Mobile out of a dune buggy, mm-hmm. and he was just so into it. He's like, I got to get in it. So he's inside of it, and Graham Nolan, and they're all posting pictures on their social media of them, right. like little kids inside the Spider-Mobile. Then we had a Batman climbing wall we did one year just for fun, yeah. and you just took the rope and you pretended to be Adam West climbing up a wall. And the next thing mm-hmm. I see Mike Cutlets from The Walking Dead, he's posting it on his social media. And the, the, the guests are having just as much fun as the fans because, you know, I tell people it's because they're pumping oxygen into the building and everyone's just, you know, eyes a kite. Right. But no, that's not true. 
but everybody mm-hmm. just seems to have a great time. Like it's calm, it's relaxed. It's not like hurry up, you know, you got 10 minutes to get an autograph. Come on, next, 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 next. Right, right. It's not an assembly line type of convention. Mm-hmm. It's not that at all. It's a very John Wesley Ship said uh he grew up, I think his dad's a minister, and he used to do like mm-hmm. a lot of church bazaars and carnivals and such. He said mm-hmm. that he always likes the vibe of the show that's in the room because it's kind of got that energy, like a neighborhood mm-hmm. uh barbecue or a backyard uh, event, like at your local school or the PTA right. or the, the little league game and everybody knows each other and everyone's just kind of, you know, hairs down and talking mm-hmm. to each other and has a good time and such. So for yeah. three days, it's, it's like a big family reunion. So mm-hmm. hey, Miss, you, you mentioned uh, John Wesley ship. Now yeah. I remember he was at the Trumbull convention yes, he you did, yeah. and yep. he did not have a show at the time. This was Ooh. years after the nineties flash had ended. Yep. And uh, you called him up. And, yeah. And soon his career was back on track. Yeah, he showed up and he was doing a sci-fi channel movie nearby. And mm-hmm. he's called, he said, hey, would you like to have me as a guest? And I go, oh my God, The Flash. And like you said, it hadn't been on in like 20 something years or whatever. And the new Flash hadn't started yet. So he was there and we, oh my God, The Flash is here. And to us, it was like, you know, rock star. And he he just, we were doing a skit on the stage because we do these little comedy bits. And we were doing like Superman being knocked out by a kryptonite cocktail. We took like a glowing... Uh, ice cube that was green and we put it inside water we made the local dj the wig master drink it and become like a superman and the guy that played superman his name is leo coincidentally he was from a show called comic book men so he's got the superman suit on he's supposed to jump through the crowd and save the day but he had to go to the men's room and when you're in that superman <laughs> leotard it's hard to take everything out to go yes, take a leak so we're doing the skit and I didn't know he left. So we're up on stage and we're like, is there a man of steel in the house that's going to come and save the day? And we're looking at the crowd and there's no Superman in the crowd. Oh, wow. And the audience is looking at us and I'm leaning over to the wig master. I go, what do we do? He goes, just keep it going. It's all part of the show. They don't know something's wrong. I go, okay. <laughs> so we're up there stalling and wig masters pointing to somebody in the crowd. That guy's got a Superman shirt. And this poor guy's like, who made the get up here? So we're doing stuff. John ship is off to the side and he, sees everything going on and i'm like oh is there any superheroes in the i'm the fastest man alive so he jumped up on stage to help us out a little bit and finally oh, nice. superman comes running in from the bathroom i'm sorry i had to go take a leak but get up here now so he did the whole thing and he saved the day but it's that kind of little weird comedy vaudeville stuff that happens behind the scenes at the show too that happened it, it just you know it just adds to the, the i don't know what you want to call it the hometown feel yeah, yeah. show even yeah. though there's thirty thousand people it still feels like well, there's only 10 people you well know? You, you say there's thirty thousand people there yeah. what, I, what i love about your con is it's so easily manageable you you have the nice map in in, in your book and it, it's you get cons that they stuff so many vendors in there and yeah, it's like no. you're you're in a bottle of pickles you're shoulder to shoulder you know doing a little shuffle throughout the whole thing no. you know this you have a ton of vendors ton of guests but it's such a large space that it's yeah. there's room to breathe I yeah. remember I brought my kids. They're old. They're, they're grown up now. But when they were little, like nine and seven, I used to bring them to New York to shows. Mm-hmm. And I'll always remember my son, Spencer. He never went to another convention after this. He, you know, when you're nine years old, you're like butt height. You know what I mean? And right. when you're jammed with a lot of people, all you see is, you know, people's butts in your face. And it's not the best experience mm-hmm. as a kid. And I remember he was so like freaked out. You could just see it in his eyes. He was like, this is too much. I'm being overwhelmed. And there's mm-hmm. too many people and they're pushing and they're shoving. And it's just like that. And there was a Deadpool guy that was screaming and carrying on kind of like the CT Joker of the day. 
and it was just too freaking, <laughs> it was too freaking scary he was like i never want to do this again and i always remembered that because i mean i can't enjoy myself if i'm looking down at my son who's got terror in his eyes so you're mm-hmm. right I, I keep the aisles bigger than they have to be i make sure everybody's spread out i mean we got three hundred fifty thousand square feet there so it's like right. you don't need to be on top of each other okay yeah. let's let's space this out let's stage the panels so they're not on top of each other and mm-hmm. move things around so before social distancing became a thing I already had like built it in. So like, yeah, let's, let's, let's give some elbow room here. Let's give some breathing space. You know, I don't want to get squished. And there were two other great moments. I remember from Trivicom. One was the year that you were supposed to have Adam West. He unfortunately had two months before the show. Yeah. I know my, my girlfriend was devastated because she, I've, I'd met him at a previous con and she was really looking forward to meeting him. Um, and you had the the thing where you had his banner and you had yeah. the fans. Oh, everybody signed it, yeah. Invited. And that was to me was just such a, a wonderful tribute. Um, and then you know, funny, another Batman thing was um there was a panel, I think it was the last time I went, which was 2019, mm-hmm. and Denny O'Neill was there and he did a um it was him and a couple other people about Robin. Yes. Yeah. And and I don't normally sit as pa- at panels. Um, Rich can tell you that I'm usually the guy with a suitcase full of comics, lugging around a boulder, trying to get everything in there signed, which I do yeah. pretty well for. Um, but I needed a break, so we decided to sit at, at, at a panel. I'd met Denny a few times, and he was always wonderful. He was kind of like that grandfather you want to yeah. visit. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember at the panel, he was talking about Robin, and he. He looked his right, looked his left. Like, are there any Warner Brothers representatives in the audience? And we all laughed, and 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 like, he just started cursing. He let loose. Right. Oh, he did. And uh, and my girlfriend looked at me. I was like, "Well, Grandpa Denny is amazing, (laughs) and we need to say more of this." And he just went on for like ten minutes of just cursing out these these Warner Brothers executives, oh, yeah. making these horrible suggestions. And the, and, the, and the funnier thing is, Starlin was there. Starlin's the one that wrote the story, of "Death in the Family," where they killed off Robin. You know, had to call the nine hundred number or whatever and vote yeah, on yeah. it. And Starlin mm-hmm. ends up getting fired because the Warner Brother people were like, "Who? What do you mean you killed Robin? We got him on kids' pajamas and soap uh, lunch boxes. What's going on over there?" And then they called Denny O'Neill, and Denny's like, "Oh yeah, uh, well, Starlin, like, yeah." <laughs> we gotta get rid of it. Carlin's like, that's why I got fired. He's like, yeah. He goes, well, thanks a lot, man. You know, he didn't know that it was Denny just didn't want to take the rap for it and just kind of pointed the fingers at Jim Starlin. But uh, and, that, and that's the great panel where he says, I hate that kid. I hated Robin. I couldn't wait to kill him. It was always so stupid. There's Batman dressed in gray and black disappearing in the night. And here's a kid in a bright red suit and a yellow cape. It's like, what the hell kind of sidekick is that? And you know what's so great about this? If it wasn't for Leo, and I've said this before, because I never get to see the panels. I, I come up with the ideas for the panels and and grab the guests and just put them together. Mm-hmm. I never get to see it because I'm running around the show like a chicken with right. his head cut off. But I get to watch all these videos on YouTube afterwards. And I'm like, oh, this is what my show was like. It's like going to a <laughs> wedding and you don't get to see anything. And at the end of it, they give you the video like, oh, that's what it looked like. And oh, mm-hmm. that's what Grandma Moses looked like when she was cutting the cake and all that stuff. Right, so right. so it, it's really one of those things that if it wasn't for the dork and eating all Leo stuff over the years, too, not just one or what? two, you recorded some great moments. I think it was the uh, Star Wars days today, the real Star mm-hmm. Wars day, yep. May 25th. Yeah. We had... 
Roy Thomas, yep. Howard Chaykin in his only interview about Star Wars because he hates it, but he did it for me because I guilted him into it. Nice. And we had Charles Lippincott, who was Lucasfilm's director of marketing back in the day. Mm. And they hadn't been together in like 40 years because they got together in San Diego Comic-Con in 1976 wow. and talked about this new movie that was coming out called Star Wars. And Mark Hamill was in there. And that's the last time that Roy and, and Howard were together with Charlie. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know Lippincott was coming to the show because he lived up in Vermont and his health was kind of bad. So there's the panel. There's Chaykin. There's Roy Thomas. And I see this other gentleman coming up to the stage and he's wearing this yellow Star Wars shirt that looks like the original 1976 promotional thing with a triangle with Ralph McQuarrie. I go, who's that guy? Mm -hmm. And uh, my friend, uh, writer Wyndham, who's the writer, he, he says, oh, that's Charles Lippincott. I go, wait, the guy from Lucasfilm? Like Lucas's right-hand man? Yeah. What's he doing here? Oh, he wanted to come down for the panel. And that's what it's like. It's like out of nowhere, you got this like legendary marketing guy who helped create Star Wars. And he just showed up and he did the panel for an hour and he disappeared unfortunately passed away last year but okay. it was one of those historic moments if you're a star wars guy mm -hmm. that you never saw anywhere else and, and thank goodness that was all filmed and stuff you can go google it and youtube totally. it up there so it's it's yeah it's fun i mean trust me I, I like doing the show and you know as a career and it makes me money but as a fan who loves all this stuff this is like mm -hmm. iconic moments you know i'm like oh my god i got to hear denny o'neill swear about robin I, I got to see the guy who made star wars marketing you know <laughs> So, it was so good. You never know what's going to happen. I made grown men cry at the Batman tribute. You mentioned when Adam West passed away. Mm -hmm. If you were at the show I'm thinking of, it was in March. It was up mm -hmm. north in Massachusetts. It was one of uh, Gary Summer's shows. Yep. Right. And that's where Adam and Burt Ward were there. And I drove up there and they both filmed commercials promoting their Terrificon appearance. And oh, Adam man. West is hysterical. I mean, I got video still on my phone where he's like, do you want me to do it with my pants on or off? I'm like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so, we got all this footage and then he was holding up the, the terrific hunt sign. He's like, hi, I'm, who am I? And he's looking at the, he's just doing all this shtick and he does this great take where he goes, I'm Adam West and I'm coming in. I'll see you this August at terrific in Connecticut. Be there. And you know, it's just a 10 second spot. So right. we do this tribute for Adam West with Burt Ward, Lee Merriweather. And we, we yeah. showed the 66 movie. So we did this whole music number and Rich, you remember it too. We had this whole tribute to Batman. We had cosplayers and all that stuff. And we had Bob D. Simone who dresses up as the 66 Batman singing mm. songs as if he was, you know, if Batman was a lounge singer in Vegas, you know? So at the very end of it, before we showed the movie, mm. we had the, the hotline, the little bat phone. I have one here somewhere and it lit up and I go, wait a second, before we start the movie, there's a special message coming in. And I pick up the phone. And I'm like, hello? Oh, my. Okay, sure. Hold on. And I go, can we put this on for everyone to see? And the lights go down. I got goosebumps telling you about it. And all of a sudden, there's Adam West comes up on the screen. And oh. it's the video that I had filmed. He's like, hey, everybody at Terrificon, this is your old pal Adam West. And I will see you at Terrificon. You know, be there. And, and, and then I just faded to black. And oh. th that's it. And the whole, you could hear a pin drop. Oh, yeah. Yep, and, yep. and and I said, okay, we're going to take a break before we show the movie, get some popcorn. The lights came up. Literally, I saw grown men in the back sobbing their eyes out. Women were crying because, they, you know, that was their hero. And that's the last mm -hmm. time they could see him. And here he will. And I said, you know, Adam West, a man of his word, he said he'd see you. And here he is at Terrificon in one way or another. Boom. It, it was insane. And that's one of those moments that, like I said, I've never seen anywhere else. And it, it, I was at the show. And right. even if I didn't own the show, I would have been like, this is the greatest com comic convention of the world, you know? Um, totally.
That's little, amazing. Little, little behind the scenes highlights mm-hmm. here. Go to Trificon. You'll see. We've had yes, people sir. get married. We've had people get engaged at the show. I haven't had somebody mm-hmm. give birth at the show, but maybe this summer. You never know. You know. Okay, then. Well, then. Come to Trificon. show up a few years ago. What's Pregnant that? people, come the to Trificon. showed up. Well, well, no. The, hold on. The the, uh, the people that got engaged were coming to spend their anniversary at the show. And it's kind of weird. I'm like, oh, my. This is going to be like a yearly thing. Like, you can make a movie about how they meet. They get engaged. They get married at the show. They come with their kids. And it becomes, you know, family affair or something like that. There you go. Yeah. Crazy, man. It's crazy. That's it. I'm done. I'm okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, uh, before we get into uh, talking about Loki, uh, real quick, what are you reading nowadays, uh, Mitch? Uh, is there any book that you know you're well, you're eager to tell people about? I have stacks and literally stacks. I have like thirty thousand comics here in the lair, and it's kind of <laughs> scary. But um, every Wednesday, I'm getting my new books at Cave Comics. So whatever new stuff's coming out, I'm grabbing mm-hmm. and reading it. Mostly Marvel. I mean, you know, because I'm friends with Jerry Ordway, I'll grab a, a DC book if I do, though. It's kind of a Batman book because of course. he's yeah. kind of like a Marvel guy in a weird way. But uh, anything, uh, you name it. I mean, during the lockdown, I, I have like 60 omnibuses over here that have been like taking up a lot of floor space and making my house sink. So I started rereading everything, everything from Werewolf by Night to X-Men to Solomon Kane, you name it. I'm reading it. Uh, I even got like Lamo stuff, like a Spidey Super Stories right over here. I mean, I'm reading everything, okay? Awesome. Everything. It's in my oh, blood, yeah. buddy. <laughs> Uh, I tell you, uh, we mentioned Sarge's earlier. Uh, Joe is such an awesome dude. Throughout the pandemic, he was uh, dropping off my books to my front door. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that service with a smile. You don't get that. No, totally not. No. Um, What about you, Drew? Are you reading anything uh, anything new this week other than Um, Well, I just finished reading um, uh, G.F. Shaw and Donnie Cates, who uh, last time I was there was at the show. With Ste- uh, with Ryan Stegman because they were yep. still celebrating their absolute. I believe it was uh, it was Venom, and then they were just starting their Carnage run, their car their their Carnage event, and they were great. I just finished reading Crossover, and that was such a, a great, very meta book. And I, I, it's funny because I read half of it, and then I forgot because I'm very like that. I'll get caught up in something. I was like, oh yeah, I never finished that, and I just read it yesterday, and I was like. I was like, man, we need more books like this. Just you got to just... bring it to the show to have Donnie sign it because he's coming to Trificon this all, this July 30th to August 1st. So boom, extra plug there, kids. Um, yeah, just that's uh, you know, honestly, I've just been rereading things. I think right now I finally got on the Immortal Hulk bandwagon, and that's just oh yes, that's that is just book. kicking my butt because I I love my Marvel, but I really do enjoy when they get a little horror about it, and Immortal Hulk has been nothing but just great horror inspired moments i'm enjoying it thoroughly and i'm also funny i'm reading that and finally reading preacher at the same time so i go from one extreme to the other so you know by then i'm like okay i gotta i'm gonna watch something to decompress because full of a lot of comic weirdness i I think i think immortal just uh finished oh no it's gonna issue 50 is coming out they solicit Uh it and that's it it's gonna be big wrapping it up yeah there there was a new hulk uh uh comic that came out time of monsters yes yeah it was awesome it was i i i um i wrote i wrote about it enough for uh, a screen rant and oh my god it was beautiful i just like i'm telling you like again when marvel i've always been more marvel than dc guy although i do agree with mitch i i've always been a batman fan um and and the joker i gotta give you know gotta rich i gotta give you credit there um 
but oh my god when it's good it's good yeah 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 you know Absolutely. so uh what about you rich um well besides reading loki obviously for tonight um i recently went through some of my old books and i pulled out because i didn't even realize i had it a 1970 one shot of the creeper hey nice yeah our good friend justin's favorite character it, indeed it is was that uh was that a ditko or was it was that a Ditko issue, or is that something else? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> one of the weirdest uh, looking characters in the comic book history with the orange hair or the green—it's just a mess. It's I, I, crazy. When I finally realized that he he did Squirrel Girl, I'm like, yeah. And then I saw the original designs. I was like, I was like, thank God we modified this because this is terrifying. If only I got a chance to talk to Moore before he slammed the door in our face. No, oh, yeah, I remember that. That yeah. that that. Uh, did you post that on like your social media? That, that was John Cimino posted that the day uh, Mr. Ditko passed away, and then he took yeah. it down. People were like, "What are you bothering that old man for? You little jerk!" <laughs> what happened? We didn't know he was going to be there. I've told the story. We, I had, I had written him and asked him to come to Terrificon, mm -hmm. and he wrote back to me in days, and and I, you know, said no, thank you. I don't talk about the past. I'm glad people enjoy my work, but I have no desire to talk about it. And right. he signed it with his address. And we were in New York at the Big Apple Con, my Carbo show, and we mm -hmm. were bored. And I said, hey, let's go to Dicko Studio. It's right here, 400 Broadway. Right. He's not there. That's his office. Yeah, whatever. We're here, so we. We did this oh, yeah. epic journey. It was me and uh, Kenny uh, Lawrence who ran Super Mega Fest and our friend Frank. Mm -hmm. And we walked up uh, Broadway and we found the building and we went there. And you know how they have like everybody listed on the, right. you know, what floor? It says S. Dicko, seventh floor. Well, okay, we'll go. We went in the elevator and we got up and the doors open and there it is. S. Dicko on a door. And I'm like, well, there's his studio. There's his office. Oh, right. and we're all taking pictures in front of it. And we're all like, hey, thumbs up, you know? And I had my phone and Smino goes, hey, let's film a skit. Like, what would we do if, if Dicko was here? We're like, yeah, okay. So he goes, hi, I'm John. And I'm in front of legendary artist Steve Dicko. Let's see if he's home. And he knocks on the door. All of a sudden, the door swings open. And there's Steve Dicko standing right there. And I'm like, ah! And I dropped the phone. It looks like Bigfoot showed up. You see, it's all jittery and stuff. And Semino's mm -hmm. like, ah! And he sees us there. And he slammed the door right in our face. And that was the end of that. But we were like, That's a moment of greatness. that just happened? Yes, oh, that's awesome. Legendary. If only listen, I had the chance to talk to him. Hey, listen, you got your door slammed in the face by Steve Ditko. Steve I mean, Ditko. Some people... he, was, he was a feisty guy. He really gave that door some heft when that thing yeah. slammed. It was like, yeah, now I know what it feels like to be a door to door salesman. You know? Seriously. <laughs> bam. Bam. Wham, bam. Mm. Now, now, Mitch, did you ever have a, a negative? Um... Any of your guests ever give you a negative uh, feeling or uh, you just had enough of them? They're a little bit of pain in the butt or anything you can share. Let's put it that way. Um, no, I'm trying to think negative. No, I remember we uh, met Wally Wood as a kid at my first comic book show in New Haven. And I was kind of a, I was kind of an ass to him. And uh, then, you know, I felt bad because he, he killed himself not long after that. And I was like, oh, no, and my friend gave me crap for years. Like you insult poor man. And that's why he ended up doing what he did. And it was fault, so. Oh I lived with that oh, for years until I talked to Mike Zek, who was a studio assistant for him. He goes, oh, no, it wasn't your fault. Wally, no, that wasn't you. He used to drink a lot, and he, he was kind of a gun nut. You had nothing to do with it. Don't worry about it. It's like, woof, Catholic guilt is over now, boy, I'll tell you. Oh, my God. I'm getting... I was thinking, you know that story. He yelled at me when I was trying to get advice from him in the 90s. And just oh, called me. Story? He called me a not so nice name, and then I, 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 I like Howard. Yeah, he's like, get away from me, you. 
he called me a name of a person who would do something for money. Oh, okay. Uh, he said, are you here to be an artist or are you here just to make money? I said, I'm just here to make money. He's like, well, I don't talk to people like that. You're nothing but a whore. And I was like, wait, what? And he goes, get out of here, whore. And I'm like, oh, I... thanks. And then I said, what are you doing here? So I'm selling my new comic book. Would you like a copy? I'll autograph. And I go, how much is it? He goes, $3. I go, oh, so you're a $3 whore. Boom. Boom. And he went nuts. And then years later, I had a, years later, I had to interview him and it was in Baltimore Comic Con for an Indiana Jones podcast. And it was Klaus Jansen, Walt and Louise Simonson and mm -hmm. Howard. And they were all there. And I sat down, I got my mic out and all that. And I sat there quietly and uh, I said, you don't remember me, do you? Because no, why should I? And I said, 1992, blah, blah, blah. And I walked up to you with my portfolio and I was asking you all these questions and you called me a whore. Oh my God, I did? Yeah, I'm so sorry. I, I, I don't remember it. He goes, wait, you wasted all these years dwelling on that and being mad about it? I said, yeah, I didn't go into comics after that because I, I gave up. Oh my God, really? Because of what I said? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, geez, I feel so bad. He goes, See, let me buy you breakfast. I'm like, no, that's okay. We're good. So I, I've used that card against him quite some time. Yeah, I was about to say, I've seen him at a few of your cons. So I was like, yeah, now I know yeah, why no. he keeps coming back. You got to make <laughs> no. back that $3. No, we get along well now. Funny thing is my wife, at the time she was my girlfriend, she said something back to him when he called me a name. She called him a name right back. Right. And there they are hanging out after the show's over uh, two years ago at the uh, one of the bars up there, the Lansdowne. Yep. And mm -hmm. they're sitting there having a drink and she's laughing and they're talking. I go, don't you remember the guy that you called an a-hole? She's like, yeah, what about him? I go, he's sitting right next to you. Right there. This guy? Yeah. Oh, he's so sweet. I go, whatever. Man. Things it, happen. It, it's just so funny because I had a similar moment, and Leo and Rich, you know this story. I, I always felt like I kept killing people. I kept not seeing. Like yeah. I was at I was at New York, and I saw Steve Dillon there, and I'm a huge yep. uh, a huge Punisher fan. And I didn't bring anything, and I just thought, ah, he'll be there. No, he'll he be died. There every year. Yeah, first appendix, like days later, I was there. I saw him. He was at the Hero Initiative booth. Right. And he, exactly. He didn't look that well. I was like, wow, is he okay? And they go. Yeah, he's okay. He looked kind of pale. It was on a Sunday. And I was right. like, oh, and he died like that Tuesday. I'm like, what yeah, happened? Exactly. Yeah. The guy? Yeah. And and the same thing happened. I was, I was, um, I was going to an event in the city and I was passing St. Mark's. Yeah. I had a friend who told me about Darwin Cook was gonna be there. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Darwin Cook. Like no. Yeah. And I and I went to the party because I was like, I'm gonna support my friend. Darwin will be at other events. He's a young, hip dude, he's got a yeah. lot in him. And then yep. you know, a couple months later, he dies. And I just said to myself, like, that's it. It's you, man. Don't come near me at the show for Christ. It's exactly. Like, now I see, I see I ruined it, guys. You know, I'm just, anytime. No, I, that's why I, I, had that, I had that happen to Herb Trimp or Trimpy. Oh, yeah. Our East Same Coast thing. Comic Con. He was there. I spoke to him on the Sunday. And I said, hey, you coming to my show? Oh, yeah, maybe I'll get lucky at the casino. We're laughing about it. That was Sunday. He got up, I think, the next day. Monday, went for a jog. He was only 75, had a massive heart attack, mm. and was dead. I was like, what are you talking about? I just saw the guy yesterday, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I hear you on that stuff. Stuff happens. Yeah. Stuff happens. And, and and the same thing, like, I was at that East Coast where uh, George Perez was supposed to be there with well, yeah. um, Marv Wolfman, and he had his attack. And Yeah, when he got off the plane, yeah. Yeah, and um, and it was so crazy because I had a, a – a, um, Rich, have you seen this photo? Like, I had that original Teen Titans, the right. 80s style, and I had and – I, and I the goal was we were going to meet Marv and George because what better reward than that? Yeah. And and uh, my, my girlfriend was Wonder Girl for that. 
And she yeah, was so yeah, excited because yeah. she loved the character and she wanted, and we met Marv and it was still great. But, yeah. you know, I've met George before and he's such a wonderfully charming, funny oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was at the show I did and he stayed, he got there an hour before the show mm-hmm. and he stayed there until everybody got an autograph. He didn't leave. It's like the show ended at seven. He was there till like eight, oh, making wow. sure every fan that was in line got an autograph or a sketch or whatever you wanted. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's not, there's not a lot of guys like George Perez. Ordway's like that too. Ordway will stay there till three in the morning. Yeah, I'm sure everybody a and, drawing or an autograph. And I remember when he was doing his final tour, he was supposed to come to Terrific Con. Terrific Con, yeah, he was, yeah. And, then, and, yeah. and he, yeah, he had to pull out. And I was just like, oh, man. And uh, oh, every time, exactly. yeah. And every time I keep seeing, like, I'm part of a group and people will post like sketches they got for like yeah. two, three hundred from his site. And I'm just like, I'm going to save up. I'm going to yeah. get my girl a Wonder Girl. It's going to yeah. be streamed. And then yeah. that's it, you know? And um, it's just, yeah. Again, like, your con is just, again, like, you you meet the greats. You meet the up-and-comers. You know, it's just really just, it's a terrific place it's to go, terrific you know? Con. Imagine that. Yeah. Boom. Wonderful. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's great to see when the kids come by with their uh, kids. When they come to the artist alley and they have their own books or they're trying out to get a job. And we had uh, Marvel do a portfolio review. I think mm-hmm. it was 2018 or 20. No, it was 2018. And mm-hmm. C.B. Sabolsky, who yeah. is the editor in chief at Marvel Comics, but he's also from Connecticut. And he was good friends with my friend Dan Yance, who passed away. And C.B. came down and he did a portfolio review. And I think they picked three up and coming artists mm-hmm. out wow. of the stack. They had a stack of portfolios and the guy right. he was going through every one of them and making notes and giving mm-hmm. advice and such. But three of them, I'm pretty sure they got to the next level, which I think they give you a tryout or right. inking or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. that was something that I remember my wife telling the kids when they came to get their portfolio is that oh there's a letter inside from marvel that they want to see you on monday or call you on monday and we were like if you become famous you better come back to terrific like, oh yes i will be back here so i'm waiting <laughs> to see the next breakthrough artist that you know sets records and cgc has his autograph at ten thousand dollars i'll be like, that's God. the guy that was at my show uh, you owe me buddy yeah right <laughs> right dear god it's fun. It's 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 a good way to make five fifty an hour. I mean, what else would I be doing? You know, washing cars, <laughs> busting tables. You know, mm-hmm. I got nothing. There you go. It, it beats doing laminator catalogs, right, Leo? Oh yeah, yeah. You did yeah. some great ones though. They they you know. Oh, they were wacky. Yeah. When uh when I started there, you know uh they they showed off all the uh all the old catalogs. They keep them all and uh. Yeah. You know all the awards they won from from the designs and everything. So catalog uh, age, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it was a you know great company. You know it's uh well they're still around. It's just yeah I know. But it was I remember when I got to start doing them. I did the comic book covers and yeah. stuff, and they were like, mm-hmm. "What is this?" And then sales started going up. Yeah. They're like, "Whatever it is, keep doing more of it," because it was like the most boring office products books. Like what were those Viking catalogs and yeah uh, staples? You know that bo- staplers and dry. Mm-hmm marker boards and you know laminators projectors nobody cares about that crap and then i was like well let's have fun with it And we started doing comic book covers and cartoons and people were like what is this and they'd open it up and read it and yeah let's buy it from that wacky company why not you know so and then i was lamb of the clown so yeah. there you go i mean hey i've been doing this for years dressing yeah. up and making a fool of myself <laughs> <laughs> naturally uh well speaking of uh making a fool of yourself i need to do the same uh i have something silly that i do each episode uh so uh talking about uh bringing ourselves back to the mindset of when the comic came out since this is only 2014 we don't have to travel that far back 
True but story. if you're you're a friend of uh, you know the Golden Girls, uh, I'm channeling my inner Sophia. Picture Sicily, 2014. Uh, Barack Obama was president. The San Francisco Giants take home their third World Series title in five years by beating the Kansas City Royals in an eventful seven games. Uh, we paid an average ticket price of $8.17 to go see Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America Winter Soldier, John Wick, X-Men Days of Future Past, Godzilla, and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, on the boob tube, Leonard and Sheldon invade Skywalker Ranch in Big Bang Theory. Rick and the gang head to Terminus in Walking Dead. Uh, Lady Mary gets a haircut on Downton Abbey. And the Hound and Arya take on an entire inn of Lannister goons in Game of Thrones. Uh, if you're a kid in 2014, unfortunately, Saturday morning cartoons were not a thing. And we're sorry you missed out. But on a happy note, you met Mr. Meeseeks and Mr. Morty and Rick and Morty. Tina wooed a ghost in Bob's Burgers, and after the Battle of Zaheer, Korra found Toph living among the muck and mud in The Legend of Korra. Gas cost $3.30 a gallon. We landed on the surface of a comet. Dr. Huxbold took a major fall from grace. And uh, a goodbye uh, way before its time with the loss of amazing Robin Williams, a true legend in his time. That's 2014. Uh, we're talking about uh, Loki. Uh, agent of Asgard, and uh, this is written by Al Ewing, art by Lee Garbett, and uh, cover price was two ninety nine an issue. So, old god, new trickster, kid Loki's all grown up, and the god of mischief is stronger, smarter, sexier, and just plain sneakier than ever before. As Asgard is one main secret service, he's ready to lie, cheat, and steal, bluff, and snog his way through the twistiest, turniest, and most treacherous missions the All-Mother can throw at him, starting with a heart-stopping heist on Avengers Tower and Death of Thor, and that's just the beginning. Would you like to know? This is Loki, true believer. We're lying to you right now. Mm. Yeah. So, Drew, you brought this book to us. Uh, what, what, mm -hmm. uh, what do you love about it? Well, first, I've met Al Ewing. Um, he most recently, he's been doing Immortal Hulk and doing a great job, and I cannot recommend that more to everybody. But he also wrote um, one of their latest events with Marvel Empire. So, uh, but I've met him before. And, uh, you know, he's just a, a great, uh, I believe he's a, he's a British, British writer. And he's got a fantastic sense of humor. And personally, I recommended this because we're going to get Loki soon. Yeah. Um, so I figured this was a nice book for people who aren't completely familiar with Loki. And this one picks up from uh, Karen Gillian's journey uh, to the mystery, which is also, again, its own great run of Loki. And you see Loki, as we've kind of never seen before, he's a teenager. Um, he's, uh, again, naturally a bit of a smart ass. Uh, it's just, it's just nice. It was nice seeing Loki kind of trying to change, but yet confronted with forces that essentially want him to continue the course. And, you know, it's, you have that whole thing of, you know, can you fight and really change your future or are you just doomed? Are you forever the, the trickster God, or can you be a different kind of trickster? And personally, I just enjoyed it. I thought it was well-written. Uh, I also know Lee, Agarit. I've met him as well. Uh, he did a lot of Batman. He did actually not a lot. He did some Batman uh, during uh, Grant Morrison's run. And the artwork is just great. I mean, literally, look at that. The first panel, he's already killing Thor, you know? And uh, again, I just thought it was a nice, easy read for people who enjoy the character. But even if you don't know Loki, this kind of fills you in and you don't get lost in the continuity of Loki. 
uh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, our guest of honor, uh, Mitch, what did you think of the book? Well, I got to tell you, I'm old school. So I grew up with Loki when I used to just be doing the same thing month after month. And those old Journey into Mystery and Thor books where it's like, look, all father Odin. Thor wants to hang out with Jane Foster and be with mortals. That's not a true God. So that got old really quick. The old Loki stories. I mean, if you read one, you read them all. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, all right, this is the new Loki. Cause I was unfamiliar with a lot of the modern day stuff. And so I jumped into it last night and I was like, Hey, okay, this is interesting. And you're right. He was this adventure character. I'm like, all right, he's going on a quest. What's going on here. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. this humorous Indiana Jones take on a bad guy. It's kind of like the adventures of Belloc. I'm going to do a reference to Raiders right. Lost Ark. It's like, y'all know Indiana Jones is the hero and Belloc's the bad guy. But what if you told the story from his point of view where Mm -hmm. he's trying to steal the Ark of the Covenant for his own thing, but Indiana Jones is the jerk and all the stuff. So that's what I kind of got the feeling when I was reading this, the the little battle with the Avengers. And then he goes Mm -hmm. on and uh, they show him fighting. They go back into, what is it, fanfare? The the whole story about how the sword, it turns into the dragon. You learn the backstory of that stuff. And mm-hmm. spoiler alert then there's the other loki that right. comes into play towards the end so it was really interesting i didn't know where they were going with it so i was surprised as i'm turning the pages i'm like oh i didn't see this coming at all you know so it was really original it was really well done and it was it was so good i went out and bought the company no i went and bought the uh the digital download for nine dollars on Amazon, and now I've got the entire collection. I guess that's coming out in a couple of weeks or so. There's a mm-hmm. huge trade of this uh, Loki yeah, Agent of Asgard thing. So yeah, I mean, now I'm going to go on and read it. So thanks for the recommendation. I you're never welcome. read it before, and you're right, Al Ewing also does a great Guardians of the Galaxy series too. Oh yeah, I'm reading. So yeah, oh. it was it was nice to read some new stuff by uh, one of my favorite new writers. I recommended Mitch a comic. You Sweet. did, you did, and I'm like, Sweetness. oh. Thank you, Rich. <laughs> Moving well, up in the world. Welcome. Yes. So yeah, uh, he writes not... for Screen Ran too, Mitch. If you're interested. True oh, story. Okay. Yep, one of those one of those guys. Okay, cool. I'm talking too much, Leo. Keep, keep, keep talking, please. <laughs> I, uh, I thought it was interesting how they switched. Sort of um, instead of the All Father being Odin, um, it, we've got the All Mothers in this. So we're kind of mm-hmm. trading the patriarchy for a matriarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, it seemed like, you know, as well as you guys have all said, um, the duplicitous of having this young Loki versus the old school Yo- Loki who, who Yoki, plays yeah. a part in this storyline as well. And, um, yeah, I, I thought it was, it was a lot of sort of going back and forth, opposites, black and white, yin and yang. I, I felt a lot of that in this story. Yeah. And, and the other thing what I liked is that when he was building his team, it had a somewhat a cinematic feel to it. Like, and it, it very much really to me felt like, like, again, it's like how one of the best MCU films is, is Winter Soldier. But Winter Soldier is both a superhero film, but it could also essentially be a spy or a political thriller. And it functions well on that regard. This to me was like, a, it was a superhero, it was a Thor movie. But it was a heist movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And, you and, know what's good? I was going to say, and he knows his history, too. Because, like you said, mm-hmm. the Orelai in it is a callback. And I'm like, hey, this is cool stuff. I haven't seen her since, like, the Walt Simonson run in the 80s. I remember her character showing up. So it's nice when these writers go back and it, it pays off. Like, if you've been reading these things for 20, 30, 40 years. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, referring back and forth to things. So, yeah, I, I like that part of it as well. Absolutely. And for me, like, the issue you have right here. You know, Loki on speed dating, like yeah. how ridiculous yeah. was that? And then that you have 
yeah, you have this girl who she's a human lie detector. She yeah. literally, you know, and and it's funny because like that's the kind of like I'm sorry, like I, when I saw Verity, I was like, oh my god, I've seen that girl at a con. Like I don't know if exactly that girl, but that that no nonsense, like you try to use a sweet line, she's gonna hand hand your face back to her. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's just it, again, it, it was it was it was her. You had Lorelai, who essentially yep. blackmails to work with him. Yep, yep. Um, you have Sigurd, who's only there to get his sword back mm -hmm. because Loki tricked him the first time around. And then you got Thor, who, again, he's like, well, you did help me with that thing, so I owe you. So you got this great team. And, again, you just don't realize that his 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 um, his all-mothers are working with his future evil version to essentially screw him over. Yeah. And that to me was the most heartbreaking thing. That and the fact that he's still haunted by what he did to get where he is, the the death of his younger self. Um so it's it again it, I think Al just like what I'm seeing with his Guardians run, he's balancing his characters well. Nobody feels underdeveloped. Everybody feels they have a role to play, they play it well, they're developed. You you can see them versus, you know, some characters are just background fodder to the main character. So, yeah, that's how I saw it. Um, I'm sure I'm just... The actual mythology are really cool, too. Like uh, the dragon Fafnir yeah. and the way Loki tricked Thor into killing the changeling brother. That That's straight out of mythology. So yeah, yeah. he's really paying serious yeah. homage to the history of the actual Loki, not the Marvel Loki. Right. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, I'm probably seeing things right here, but uh, it looks like he, he drew Loki for this one cover, uh, like Travolta. Do you guys see it or is it just me? Uh, you know, I, I can kind of see it a little. Okay. You know, yeah, no, like, I can see it in the eyes. A little bit. Yeah. The eyebrows with the blue eyes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's yeah, what... if, 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 if you swap the white suit for horns, yeah. I can totally see it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we're talking like young Travolta, Saturday yeah. Night Fever kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Travolta. Yeah, you know, not now. God no, no, not no. Now. He's got no hair now. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So uh, I wasn't but. really, uh, you know, uh, you know, I watched the, the movies and and I never really read too much uh, Avengers and uh, you know Loki and Thor. Um, but this year, reading it, you know, I, I definitely read it in you know with Tom Hiddleston's voice in my head. But I, I absolutely loved it. You know, it's uh, definitely the story was amazing. The artwork is excellent. Uh, I love in the beginning where you know uh, Thor wants to kill him and all of a sudden mm. he can't pick up Mjolnir. Uh, it, it's, this was just yeah. a, a fun read and, uh, you know, like, like, uh, Mitch, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read the other two books and, uh, and see where this goes. Now I got to ask a you question. They're, also they're definitely... writing these books now. Cause th th like I said, this is, I'm old school stuff. Do you think like Al mm -hmm. Ewing, does he get like a directive from Marvel? Like, okay, make this appeal to folks that just saw the movies that just know Loki from Tom Hiddleston and such, because like I, like I said, I enjoyed it cause I saw old school stuff in there too. And Rich mentioned there's some mm -hmm. actual Norse mythology stuff that's in there too, but Right. I don't know if I'm the majority of the readers anymore. I, I can't think that I am at 54 years old. I think I'm probably like a niche group that might not even... Uh, you know what? Until you guys told me about this tonight, I never picked this book up. Not because I never saw it. I just kind of think sometimes I go, well, that book's not written for me. You know, that's 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 mm -hmm. going to appeal for like a, a younger crowd, like early 20s. They're, they're not pitching it towards 50-year-old cranky old Mitch over here, you know? So. <laughs> 
no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just throwing it out there. What do you think when these when they write this stuff? When Donnie Cates, I mean, I should ask him that when I see him at my show. See, write this down. Do you think of the audience, or who, are you intending it to be read by just fans in general, or is there a particular group mm-hmm. that has a, a vast knowledge of comic book history that you're trying to write to? You know, right. I I feel like there's definitely uh, yeah. I feel like when they do events, I feel like they have to coordinate because you know they they always have their big crossovers like. Later on, Loki, uh, two of issues are involved in Axis, which was that Marvel event where the heroes were inverted and the villains were good and the heroes were bad. So there is that crossover. So I feel like they have to they have to know or at least have an idea of what's happening so they know to put them in there. Um, I mean, and let's just be real here. They they obviously have to show some influence to the cinematic universe because that's where a lot of their audience they're also getting i mean think of it anytime you see a new marvel movie coming yeah. out there is immediately a series like oh, you saw yeah, it yeah, saying yeah yeah that's not my accent they they're, they're capitalizing i mean think of it no. like mitch you remember when guardians was just yeah. the team in the in the 70s or 60s oh, yeah. with yondu you yeah. know and then yeah. and then they bring it up and even before like when they're doing annihilation wave when yeah. you still had the Guardians, everyone, we nerds were like, oh, yeah, the Guardians are great. People are like, who the fuck is that? Oh, no. And no, now, no. yeah. And then the movie, everybody knows who Groot is. Everybody knows who Star Lord <laughs> well, is. Well, no, I mean, when I heard that Guardians is a great example, because I went back to the 90s version, the Jim Valentino books, and I'm like, wait a minute, right. uh, that Starhawk and Captain Vance, you know, with the guy with the Captain America shield. I was like, okay, right. but I didn't really read all the newer Annihilation stuff. I mean, I knew they redid Drax the Destroyer. With Keith Giffen mm-hmm. and Mitch Brightwise, I knew they changed the look of them, but I remember Dumb Drax from the Jim Starlin right. books, you know, the big dumb Hulk looking kind of guy. So I was like, what right, is right. going on here? The same thing when you just talked about when they did uh, the, the last big Marvel event. You know, you, you go, they're making this so it's a jump on point for people right. that are just like maybe teenagers that just are familiar with the Avengers movies and such like that. They're not going old school. Mm-hmm. But I got to say, Immortal Hulk makes so many references to like 30, 40 years of Hulk history, even the beginning of the Incredible Hulk. There's callbacks right. to like issues one and two. So it's like Absolutely. really deep cuts for that series. I mean, all credit to Al mm-hmm. Ewing. I, I don't know if they just go through a stack of comic books before they get the writing assignment and make you know copious notes like make sure you refer to this character or that character is going to be a big point. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of real rich details in some of these stories that you might not see. Same thing with the Marvel movies. There's mentions right. of characters that, I mean, if you don't know it, it doesn't affect the viewing, but... If you know Mm -hmm. who Scott Lang is and all the little details that they put in there, like Easter eggs to, you know, old school folks, like, I I know who he's talking about that, that reference they just said is from issue 122 or whatever, you know, so it's a lot going on there. And you got it open right there, Leo. Um, You know, we haven't seen Mephisto, at least I haven't, certainly in a long time. I know they certainly teased it. Um, We saw it. We show uh, Wanda. And Vision, yeah. but uh, it, it was nice to see him in a modern comic. I don't think I've seen him since, like, he doomed Spider-Man's wedding. Yeah, 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 brand new day. That's true. Oh, God. Yeah, he he, he still pops up, uh, you know. Like, I remember, like, in the most recent, one of the most recent Spider-Man issues, he shows up, and, of course, he's talking to Doctor Strange um, about Spider-Man. Because I was like, yeah, we can't give this guy a break, you know. Let's just bring him back to the devil. Thanks. Um, no, but... It's, I, I agree with you. Uh, having read a lot of, of Al's work and having met him, 
you know, he just does such a good job with research. And it really does show because like sometimes there's some books where you can kind of get away with a very straightforward story that, you know, but sometimes you, especially if you're talking about people who are scientists and geniuses yeah. and whatnot, you need to know like that, that extra detail and research, you know, and I, and I, it's funny because I, I always think of Bendis when I think of research, because sometimes his stuff with, uh, you know, with his Marvel scientists and whatnot, like he really yeah. goes in yeah. to details and you like look it up. And I'm like, wow, that's like legit. And yeah. you're thinking like, do I really need to know this? But I'm like, you don't, but the character does. Right. And that realism grounds it. And again, it, it's for this, it's it's Loki. Like this was a, like what we're looking at right here. Like this was a Twilight Zone reference. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. And I was like, I. And then even in the um, in the, I think it's in what he's watching. That's the the Shatner episode right. of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And like a little yeah. mini detail and a mini detail. And I was just like, yes, perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, what a great, like, what a great way to start the book. Because it's like in publishing, they always say, if your story starts on page four, no one's going to read it. Yeah. You know, and, and some comics, and this is one of my criticisms, they just take such long time with buildup versus I feel like older books, which they made the most of the action. You just went right in versus... Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of talking heads. We got to get the details. I'm like, let's just get to it. You can do the info dump later. It's so funny that image you just had up there, Loki falling out of the airplane. I've already seen in the trailer for the Loki TV show. Oh yeah. So they're mm -hmm. picking up visuals right. right from the books. Cause they like, again, they know somebody out there is a fan of this Loki agent of Asgard. They're going to watch Loki's uh, spinoff show. So we'll put that in there just for that mm -hmm. kid. And, you know, hey, look, that's the shot. That's the splash page. I, I remember that. So, yeah. I mean, you got to give it up for Marvel. Be, the movie folks, the comic book folks. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe that's why they're more successful than DC, because they do so much layering with all these properties to make sure that they work on so many different levels and you can appreciate it for all the richness that's in there, you know? And, right. And, and it's, it's so funny you bring that up, Mitch, because I feel like that's the same way with DC films. Like, I feel like they're more successful ones had obvious references like yeah. aquaman yeah. referenced the new c2 of uh, jeff johns and ivan rice you know you had the trench yep. you know yep. you had, oh, yeah. that was uh, the best part of the movie actually yeah. you know right yeah and then oh, yeah i'm sorry go ahead no 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 i know no 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 i was i was pretty much saying you saw the same thing with wonder woman that they combined the classic with the new 52, her being a demigoddess. And it was, again, those are the stronger ones. It was ones where, you know, you, you take some creative liberties um, and you kind of make your characters a little bit of a joke. I'm not going to go there because then we really don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, I think we know which director I'm talking about, but I'm not going to go there. Um, so, yeah, Rich, uh, you can, yeah, yeah, you can pick me. Sorry, yeah. No, I was just saying, I was just playing off the back of what you guys were talking about. Um, with the Marvel and the DC and keeping everything cohesive. I just thought it was interesting recently, um, Mitch, I think you might have even posted, uh, where James Gunn um, gave sort of a nod to uh, who we've interviewed also, Paul Kupperberg. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, he was responsible for Doom Patrol and uh, a lot of the characters that are in the new James Gunn movie. Peacemaker, mm -hmm. yep. uh, you know, he's a, he's responsible for Vigilante. Yep. Um, and uh, I think you made a joke, we're going to have to get Paul some security. Yeah, he's get a, a, yeah for the, the, the lines of people that'll be clamoring for his autograph now. So. But the difference is James oh, yeah. now has been the director on both Marvel and DC movies. 
movies. So maybe he's taking some of that away from Marvel and bringing it to DC. Maybe he is. So, and no, I, I think I, he even said, I, I didn't re- I don't remember this, but he said there was something about the Suicide Squad movie that he said he, he got a lot of it. I guess there was a series where the Doom Patrol crossed over with the Suicide Squad. I don't remember the series, but that was a Paul Kupperberg, uh story. So I'm like, wow. And Paul was like, hey, I thought of this. And, and, and he even calls them out. I mean, it's so fun to see James Gunn, you know, do the the at or the hashtag or whatever the hell it is to mm-hmm. Kupperberg. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's that's our Paul. That's, you know, Paul up the street that I go get right. hot dogs that I'm having lunch with next week at the diner to record a podcast with. But I'm like, it's like you said, it's fun to see all this old school stuff that we grew up with being relevant mm-hmm. once again, you know? So it's Yeah. Really- Actually, I did have one question. So Mitch, when you see, like, how, do, how does it feel when you, cause you know, these people, yeah. but you know, the popular, when you see combo creators in their own movie, like for instance, when you saw Jim Starlin in the support group in yeah. Avengers Endgame, yeah. or um, I'm trying to think of other, well, like, uh, the, or the, like, um, the, what's his name's uh, John Ostrander's in uh, Suicide Squad. He's the doctor right. that's putting the needle in Michael Rooker. He's putting the bomb in the neck and it'll blow his head mm-hmm. up, you know, if he does something wrong. So, right. Yeah. Or, or even like Chris Claremont in the committee yep. for Days of Future Past, like, you see these. Like, do, like, are you like us when we notice them? Like, oh my God. And then people are like, shut the hell up. Oh, we're watching yeah, the movie. No, fact, like, but I'll you don't you realize. How nerd it is, is we're watching the new Mutants uh, during COVID. There wasn't many movies, but Jerry and I went out because I review movies for the radio station too up here. And as mm-hmm. the credits are rolling, you know how they say special thanks to Bill Sienkiewicz, Chris Claremont? It's mm-hmm. at Bob McCloud. Now, I do all the graphics, like I said, for the show. So I know how to spell Bob McCloud's name. It's M-C-L-E-O-D. <laughs> yeah. And as it's going up, it yep. says M-A-C. And I look at Jerry, and Jerry knows him too, obviously. And I said, oh, my God, I've been spelling Bob's name wrong for years. He goes, what are you talking about? I go, when I do the announcements for Terrificon, I spell it M-C-L-E-O-D. He goes, that's how you're supposed to spell it. I go, well, that says M-A-C. He goes, that's because they spelled it wrong. I go, oh, my God. And here's this big budget million-dollar production, and they can't even get the damn name right, you know? So I go home, and I write a review, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, the movie is what it is, but the biggest slap in the face is Bob McCloud, who's a fantastic artist who's been doing everything for years. You can't even spell his effing mm-hmm. name right. And I posted it, and it got picked up by, I don't know, CBR or something, and Bob sees it, and Bob's yeah. like, what are you talking about? And then Claremont sees it, and Sienkiewicz sees it, and they're like, what the F, man? You had this New Mutants on the shelf for how many years? And you got one thing you had to get right. You had one job. And you couldn't spell one of the creator's names right who helped bring this thing to the screen, you know? And they fixed it now. If you go to watch it on HBO, it's been corrected, but it wasn't fixed there. That's what I'm saying. So these guys have become like friends of mine. So you get very protective of your friends. You're like, wait a second here, you. If you're going to use that guy's Mm -hmm. artwork in the movie, you better reference him and give him the credit that's due to him. So, yeah, it's it's it's. Let me tell you, at the end of every Marvel show, we freeze frame the special credits. It says, you know, special thanks to Jim Steranko or, you know, Herb Mm -hmm. Trippy. And I'll call Ordway. I go, did you see that? He goes, yeah, that guy wrote. And we always try to figure out why this guy's name's there or this woman's name. And what did they do for that episode? And it, it goes down there because it is. It's like your friends are are big time now. You know, all these guys you grew up reading, they're, they're, they're in Hollywood. This is, you know, this is the, the dream come true. They're TV movies and they're successful. They're making billions of dollars at the box office. And it's kind of, you know, nice to see that after all these years of hard work, these guys are finally getting the recognition that they so richly deserve. That's why it's important that they spell their damn mm. name right. Yeah. So. 
Well said. Uh, I yeah. I know we ran Agreed. a little bit past time. Uh, was uh, there anything else you guys wanted to cover before we wrap things up? Uh, no, but we didn't do the ratings on Loki. So oh, I'm yeah. Gonna four four and a quarter crowbars. Mitch, we do uh, up to five crowbars. Okay. That's one of your rating systems, Joker. You came up yes, with that? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. I will give it a four out of it's five. It's totally him. Four out of five for Loki. True. Mm-hmm. True. I know what? I'm going to go with, wait, this hand. Which hand is it? Okay, hold on. At this screen, I'm going to go with him. I'm going four out of five. So, well, we're going to go three for three because I'm up, also Rich. going four out of five. It's definitely a solid four. Sweet. Uh, okay, so if, what was yours, mm-hmm. Rich? Oh, I said 4.25. I, okay, I so if we added up, that's 16.25 out of 20. So, if this was in school and you yeah, did it's five, it would get like uh, yeah, plus. 84 or something. 80, B plus, B minus. Yeah. I was Catholic school. I don't know. Yeah, that's I mean, pretty good. So, yeah, math. I, yeah. I did have one question uh, before I guess before we go. So normally, again, when you after you go to a con, there's always the after con dinner. You decompress, you eat because you've never eaten the whole day because you're running around doing things. So obviously, Mitch, I'm sure you've had your after con dinners or drinks or whatnot. What was one of the craziest stories of something that happened at one of those dinners? First off, you know how it ends? It ends always on been- Sunday night, staying behind at the expo center making sure everyone packs up and gets out of there and they clean the place out for the next show that's coming in right away. So it ends with me eating mm. a white clam pizza from Pepe's in the lobby by myself like a loser. <laughs> and, you know, that's how that's how the, every year they end that way. Uh, or Sean Gunn yelling at me because mm. I treated myself to a Ben & Jerry's uh, Sunday and I was all by myself eating it in the lobby. And he comes and goes, look at you. What? He goes, come on, man. You're not helping yourself. I go, I've had nothing to eat for four days, man. I deserve this Sunday. Get out of here, God. Son of a bitch. So, yeah. Because he's skinny as a rail. If you know Sean Gunn, he is literally like 70 pounds. He's so thin. And I'm like Jabba the freaking hut. And I'm sitting there like a cabal just eating this ice cream. And he's there like, look at you. Look at you. You have no pride in yourself. Um, has there ever been? Oh, my God. Well, I'll tell you one thing. There's some of the artists that do partake in the uh, the liquid courage. And they get a hell of a good time going on uh, Sunday nights before they have to go back. So I, I'll tell you that. Just just hang around some of the lobbies and uh, you'll see it. Um, the best after thing ever was me, Ming Chen mm. from Comic Book Men, uh, Michael Cho. Uh, the artist, Mm -hmm. and there's nothing open like at 3 or 4 in the morning, but there's this Asian restaurant called Fantasy or Fantasia, P-H-A-N-T-A-S-I or something. It's on Mm -hmm. the other side of Mohegan Sun uh, complex. I never even knew it existed. And uh, I was like, oh, geez, you know, I'm hungry. There's nothing open, you know? And uh, Steranko's walking around, and Steranko doesn't sleep. He's like, you know, like, I I don't know what's going on there. Guy's up at five in the morning, Mm -hmm. sleeps for 20 minutes upside down in a closet like a bat. I don't know. So he's there and it's like, hey, guys, what's going on? I'm like, well, we're trying to let's all go. So it's just one of those surreal moments when you're like, here's Ming Chen. There's Mike Cho. There's Jim Steranko. Actually, I felt pretty good because I was the tallest one out of everybody there. And I'm only (laughs) 5'10". And we're all walking through the casino and and Mm -hmm. Steranko's dressed with the turtleneck and the the double-breasted suit. It's like, hey, Mm daddy-o, let's go on. And it was like a scene from a, a poor man's version of Ocean's Eleven with nerds as we're walking the through pack. the casino. The Rat Pack. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm cool, man. And that, that that's probably the only little image I can see. It's not a great story, but it's just, I'll always remember being Oh, no, that's hilarious. Cool. 
It was cool. Um, as the Jim says, amigo. When he talks to you, it's always amigo. I'll get emails from him at three or four in the morning. Hey, amigo, just thinking about you when I was outside wrestling a bear. Nice. And I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Legend. Random email. That's Crazy. Awesome. That. I don't remember that episode of Age of Chid. So, Mitch, before we lose you, uh, anyone you want to uh, drop, any guests you want to drop that are going to be dropping this weekend and it can only be here to her? Uh, yeah, I haven't made his graphic yet. He just sent me his artwork. He's only going to be there on Saturday. He's coming down from up north uh, because he's, he's coming to go visit one of my other guests uh, at the show. He just did the White Knight book. Oh, yeah. Sean Duncan Murphy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Yeah. Did I go game yes. right? Okay. I just want to make sure. Sometimes they get scrambled in my old head. When I, I, think I, it's, I think it's Duncan or Gordon Murphy. Oh, did way. I say Sean wrong? Murphy, yeah. Yeah, Sean Murphy. I know that part. I'm, Sean I'm sorry if I said the name wrong. Uh, yeah, he just did that Batman series last year, and they did a, a sequel to it, like White Knights and the Curse of the White Knight or something like that. He's coming down, and I better get his name right because I got to go mm -hmm. to Photoshop after we're done, and I got to type his little thing up there. Uh, Sean, Sean it, it's Gordon. Gordon. Sean Gordon Murphy. Gordon Murphy. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Yep. Oh yeah, he's coming. Nice. It's all good, man. He's coming to the show. Sweet. He'll be there on he's Saturday. Splash uh, page is exclusive. It is. Yeah. It is. And 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 Highlanders in the news again because yeah. movie. Yeah. And is it a TV show or a movie? I don't know if they're going to redo both. But uh, anyway, I've got Duncan McLeod coming. Nice. That nice. is uh, Adrian Paul. Sweet. Very so cool. I, that I finished. I did that nice. crap. Awesome. Made sure I got his name. So he'll be there. Awesome. There's two. There's two. There's other people too, man. I mean, you know. Nice, nice. Will they be doing uh, sword play at all? Will there they be? They will uh... be. He's going to be teaching a class on Friday and Saturday. I got to find the room. Uh, he teaches you how to do mm -hmm. stunt sword play. So amazing. No cutting people's cool. heads off and making only one. That's in the movies. So that's that's a Highlander thing. <laughs> Damn it. Awesome. Yeah. I know, right? So yeah. Very cool. Welcome. Well, Mitch, thank you so much for coming on. It was great as always to hear from you and uh, get caught up and uh, find yeah. out what's going on with Terrificon for this year. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciated it. So yeah, you're that, you're you know you know we love you, Mitch. So you're welcome here anytime. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you like me? You really like me? I really, really. You we heart Mitch. Everyone, we heart Mitch. Everyone heart. <laughs> He's for Clem. Uh, so, yeah, all right, thanks, guys. Whatever, get this over with. We freaking okay. nerd. So, yeah, so now, uh, now, angry, now angry uh, comes out. Yeah. You're fucking jerks. Uh, so, oh, no. Mitch, get off my lawn. Uh, where do you like? Uh, if Slam you're... the door. <laughs> Uh, where, where do you like your fans interacting with you? Seriously? Yeah. Uh, about 20 feet away. No, um, I don't know. They, they find <laughs> me everywhere, dude. Let me just tell you this. Okay, listen. Coming from the heart. When I'm in line at a bakery buying my son a birthday cake, last week this happened, and I'm not wearing any Trificon garb. I'm just in normal clothes, and I have my mask on, and I'm just checking out. And next thing you know, I might be getting one of those uh, black and white cookies for myself because I tend to like the sugar. And, mm -hmm. you know, suddenly I hear, are you Mitch Halleck? Yeah. Oh, my God, it is you. Can I get a picture with you? I'm like, seriously, come on, man. I'm, I'm doing my closet eating here. Leave me alone. But, uh, yeah, it, it gets a little weird. <laughs> but anyway, 
I talk to anybody anytime, anywhere, but if they want to get a hold of me, go on Facebook, Mitch Halleck, go to Terrificon.com, go to the Instagram, go to the It's Terrificon, what do you call that, Twitter, everywhere. I'm, at, I'm on the radio every Friday morning on Chaz and AJ here in Connecticut at 5.30. No one's up that time but me, but you can find me any time of day. Ask me questions about guests, ask me stories. I've got nothing better to do. I'll talk to you all night long, obviously. Uh, so that's it. I mean, if you really want to get a hold of me, you could do it. Rich knows that. I used to hang out at his bagel shop for hours. Yes, sir. I didn't want to go home. I know. I miss I miss being so close to you, Mitch, and being able to I hear know. I know. It is, I mean, yeah, I guess. If, if you don't want to be bored to death by a guy who has a pack of uh, Howard the Duck trading cards. Uh, hey. Call me anytime. Don't, no, no, no. Underrated. Don't, don't call me. Please don't call me, because... My phone number is the actual show number, which is dumb. I should have gotten two phones, but I didn't do that. So I'll get calls at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, which has happened. Oh, wow. And uh, I was picking up my kid at a band practice, and the call came in. I'm like, hello? Is this Terrificon? Uh, yeah. Who's this? It's Mitch. Oh, my God. The guy that runs the show? Yeah. Why are you answering the phone? I go, because you called me. But you're the guy. Yeah, I'm the guy. And he started asking me questions about the show at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. You don't see New York Comic Con answering the phone. San Diego ain't going to be answering that phone at 11 o'clock. You're famous, Mitch. Everyone wants a piece. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm big, so they could get a lot of me. (laughs) Uh, Well, where everybody knows your name. I'm I'm a rhinestone cowboy. I'm getting letters and emails from people I don't even know. That's it, Leo. You know that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we got a bunch of links in the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. We urge you to definitely check out Terrificon. It's the best con you'll go, uh, you know, absolutely mo- my most favorite con. You know, it's, uh, yeah. Look at that. Like Star Wars. Look, look. It's like, dun, 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 Throw your arms in the air. Wave them like you just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Drew? Hey. Oh, um, I'm Drew. on Facebook. My name is Drew. I'm just I'm Drew and Drew Malo to Facebook and Instagram, Ghostbuster Man 1984. Um, I write for Screen Rant. You can just look me up, Drew Malo Screen Rant. Um, yeah, that's it. Fine talk. Okay. Bye. You know, I watch Screen Rant all the time. By the way, nice. on YouTube. Oh, nice. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm obsessed hey. with that. Yeah, and uh, 30 Years Cosplayer here, Rich Davis on Facebook, Velvet Joker 2021 on Instagram. Great to talk to everyone tonight. Nice to see my boys, Drew and Leo, and of course, the awesome Mitch Halleck. Awesome. Uh, And for me, just Google Leo Pond. You'll find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not, but I'm not going to say which is which. Uh, But more importantly, follow these awesome people. Follow me. By the hand. (laughs) Go to Terrificon, and uh, I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network. Over 30 shows on the network. A lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. And with that, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Peace out. Later. See ya. Nerds. (laughs) Stream is closed. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Mitch.